Part 4, Chapter 8 of Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Home Education Series, Volume 1, Home Education by Charlotte Mason. Part 4, Chapter 8, Truthfulness, etc. Read by Boat Harbor, Houston, Texas. It is unnecessary to say a word of the duty of truthfulness, but the training of the child in the habit of strict veracity is another matter, and one which requires delicate care and scrupulosity on the part of the mother. Three causes of lying all vicious. The vice of lying arises from three causes carelessness in ascertaining the truth carelessness in stating the truth, and a deliberate intention to deceive. That all three are vicious is evident from the fact that a man's character may be ruined by what is no more than a careless misstatement on the part of another. The speaker repeats a damaging remark without taking the trouble to sift it, or he repeats what he has heard or seen with so little care to deliver the truth that his statement becomes no better than a lie only one kind visited on children. Now of the three kinds of lying, it is only, as a matter of fact, the third which is severely visited upon the child. The first and second he is allowed in. He tells you he has seen lots of spotted dogs in the town. He has really seen two. That all the boys are collecting crests. He knows of three who are doing so that everybody says jones is a sneak the fact is he has heard brown say so these departures from strict veracity are on matters of such slight importance that the mother is apt to let them pass as the children's chatter but indeed every such lapse is damaging to the child's sense of truth a blade which easily loses its keenness of edge accuracy of statement the mother who trains her child to strict accuracy of statement about things small and great fortifies him against temptations to the grosser forms of lying he will not readily color a tale to his own advantage suppress facts equivocate when the statement of the simple fact has become a binding habit and when he has not been allowed to form the contrary vicious habit of playing fast and loose with words exaggeration and ludicrous embellishments two forms of prevarication very tempting to the child will require great vigilance on the mother's part that of exaggeration and that of clothing a story with ludicrous embellishments However funny a circumstance may be, as described by the child, the ruthless mother must strip the tale of everything over and above the naked truth. For, indeed, a reputation for fastidiousness is dearly purchased by the loss of that dignity of character, in child or man, which accompanies the habit of strict veracity. It is possible, happily, to be humorous without any sacrifice of truth reverence etc 
as for reverence consideration for others respect for persons and property i can only urge the importance of a sedulous cultivation of these moral qualities the distinguishing marks of a refined nature until they become the daily habits of the child's life and the more because a self-assertive aggressive self-seeking temper is but too characteristic of the times we live in temper born in a child i am anxious however to say a few words on the habit of sweet temper it is very customary to regard temper as constitutional that which is born in you and is neither to be helped nor hindered oh she is a good-tempered little soul nothing puts her out oh he has his father's temper the least thing that goes contrary makes him fly into a passion are the sorts of remarks we hear constantly not temper but tendency it is no doubt true that the children inherit a certain tendency to irascibility or to amiability to fretfulness discontentment peevishness sullenness murmuring and impatience or to cheerfulness trustfulness good humor patience and humility it is also true that upon the preponderance of any of these qualities upon temper that is the happiness or wretchedness of child and man depends as well as the comfort or misery of the people who live with him we all know people possessed of integrity and of many excellent virtues who make themselves intolerable to their belongings the root of the evil is not that these people were born sullen or peevish or envious that might have been mended but that they were permitted to grow up in these dispositions here if anywhere the power of habit is invaluable it rests with the parents to correct the original twist all the more so if it is from them the child gets it and to send their child into the world blessed with an even happy temper inclined to make the best of things to look on the bright side to impute the best and kindest motives to others and to make no extravagant claims on his own account fertile source of ugly tempers and this because the child is born with no more than certain tendencies parents must correct tendency by new habit of temper it is by force of habit that a tendency becomes a temper and it rests with the mother to hinder the formation of ill tempers to force that of good tempers nor is it difficult to do this while the child's countenance is an open book to his mother and she reads the thoughts of his heart before he is aware of them himself remembering that every envious murmuring discontented thought leaves a track in the very substance of the child's brain for such thoughts to run in again and again that this track this rut so to speak is ever widening and deepening with the traffic in ugly thoughts the mother's care is to hinder at the outset the formation of any such track she sees into her child's soul sees the evil temper in the act of rising now is her opportunity change the child's thoughts let her change the child's thoughts before ever the bad temper has had time to develop into conscious feeling much less act 
take him out of doors send him to fetch or carry tell him or show him something of interest in a word give him something else to think about but all in a natural way and without letting the child perceive that he is being treated as every fit of sullenness leaves place in the child's mind for another fit of sullenness to secede it so every fit averted by the mother's tact tends to obliterate the evil traces of former sullen tempers at the same time the mother is careful to lay down a highway for the free course of all sweet and genial thoughts and feelings i have been offering suggestions not for a course of intellectual and moral training but only for the formation of certain habits which should be as it were the outworks of character even with this limited program i have left unnoticed many matters fully as important as those touched upon in the presence of an embarrassment of riches it has been necessary to adopt some principle of selection and i have thought it well to dwell upon considerations which do not appear to me to have their full weight with educated parents rather than upon those of which every thoughtful person recognizes the force end of part four chapter eight